Amen. I'm going to read the Bible, and then I'm going to tell you the title of tonight's talk. We're going to start from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. You're not going to see it on the screens because, again, we're, we're promoting that we all bring our Bible. So next week, if you come to church, you, we won't be here. The following week, uh, make sure you got two weeks to get a, a Bible, all right? So let's read together. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 18. If, if your, your neighbor has a Bible, I want you to just scoot over to your neighbor, holla back, right? You may be next to your future wife just saying, okay. Or not. Stay pure. Stay holy. If you want to get a girlfriend in this church, you got to do. You got to get a Bible and highlight the heck out of it. And then just hold it out front. I'm playing. I'm not playing. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10. <laughs> Tough crowd. You guys feel good tonight? If you got a voice, can you shout amen? amen? That was like my first row and then, then some. If you got a voice in here, can you shout amen? Amen. amen. Listen, I'm from the south. I was born up north, raised down south. If you want to shout me down, feel free. I'm not intimidated. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 18 says this. We'll start at verse 1. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. Right there, it's just... It's just an amazing sentence. That's an amazing verse. Why? Because it's literally showing you why your Bible is split into the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's because the Old Testament is full with the Old Covenant, and the New Testament is what Jesus did, the New Covenant, right? You have the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And in the Old Covenant, right, how, how sins were forgiven was the sacrifice of animals. So when you sin, raise your hand if you ever sinned before. You ever missed the mark? All right. It's all of us, right? No, people, no perfect people allowed, okay? Just saying, right? So, so, so if you've ever sinned before, listen, the Old Covenant, before Jesus, B.C., right? Old Testament, you'd have to sacrifice an animal at the temple. You'd have to get some animal blood, and, and that would actually be an innocent animal, animal would actually cover your sin. And that's hilarious, right? Like, like seeing an animal die, like that's, that's, for some of us, that's funny. For some of us, that's very terrible, actually. That's not funny at all. That's very dreadful, right? Lord, help us. <laughs> verse 1 shows you why the Bible is split into two, right? Because, look, verse 1, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, right? So the law, the Old Testament, is just, it's just, it's just a, a shadow of Jesus who's coming. And, and Jesus who's coming with a new covenant. He's coming with a new promise. And let's keep reading. We have a lot more verses. Not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifice, repeatedly, endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Right? Verse 2. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Verse 5, therefore, when Christ, when Jesus, Jesus Christ came into the world, he said this, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. So that's God, that's Jesus talking to the Father. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. So this is Jesus predicting his birth, predicting his sacrifice. He's talking to the Father. He's saying, listen, we're seeing the, new, we're seeing the old covenant. We're seeing that, that, that the covering of their sins with the, with the death of, a, of an innocent animal. You're not pleased with it. So there's a body you're preparing for me to die to be the ultimate sacrifice. Love that. Verse 2. Sorry. Wow. Verse 6. 
With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Verse 7, then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, God. And here as we continue. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. Though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, right? The Old Testament and New Testament. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Day after day, priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when his priest, when his priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he awaits for his enemies to be made his footstool. That's when Jesus made that sacrifice. Literally, the Bible says that the enemy was crushed by the, literally the heel of Jesus' foot, crushed on the enemy. That's what he's quoting there. Verse 12, but when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the God. 13, and since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Verse 15, the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this, right? So we're seeing the Trinity being brought to life in these verses. It's beautiful. First, the Spirit says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I'll put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless acts I will remember no more. This is the new covenant. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary title of tonight's talk i want you to write it down if you're taking notes it's this i love you to death this is jesus message to you tonight he says this i, I love you to death right and, and and here's the thing so so you have the old testament right all that reading what was it doing it's painting you a picture it, it's showing you what jesus did jesus was crushed bruised beaten spit at he was, he had, they gave him a crown of thorns. I mean, he took what you were supposed to take. Jesus, theologians, they, 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 they categorized it by the substitutionary work on the cross. That's what we believe, that Jesus' work on the cross was actually substitutionary. It was supposed to be me and you, right? The Old Testament was full of people who sinned, was full of people, right, who, who messed up. And how the law had it was that the law said that to, to cover your sins, you needed to sacrifice an animal. You needed to sacrifice something to, to cover your sin. That's why when Jesus shows up, the Bible gives him like names like he's the lion and the lamb. He's the ultimate sacrifice. Come on. Once and for all, one sacrifice of the innocent, beautiful Jesus who never sinned, right? He's the lamb that was slain once and for all so that you would never have to kill an animal, but you just have to believe and trust in Jesus and his promise for you. Come on. That's how we get to heaven is when we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, when we understand what he did for us, when we we in our minds and in our hearts accept him and believe in him what he did covers all your sins yesterday's sins today's sins and tomorrow's sins that's what he did for you that's his love shown out for you that's him loving you to death man if you love jesus and thank him for what he did you have the right to shout amen right here in this place you have your right to lift your hands and say god thank you for dying for me for living for me come on church that's what he did for you but man, in this Western world, in, in, in America, 
We've taken the, the idea of consumerism and we wrapped it up in our Christianity. That we walk into church and we say, God, what can you give me? We're in worship and we're like, what can this worship team give me? What hands in pockets, like you forgot what Jesus did for you. You, want, you know what's going to help you in your relationship with Jesus? Number one, it's when you stay grateful. It's when you stay grateful. Look at your neighbor and say, stay grateful. You can give me some music because I feel good when you play and when I preach. It's like Jordan and Pippin, you know what I'm saying? You're Jordan, I'm Pippin, hold up. Watch out. Ooh, there we go. Stay grateful for what Jesus did for you. Don't forget what Jesus did. Stay grateful. Stay grateful. Listen, when you're ungrateful for what Jesus did for you, it can fog up. It can make your vision of God very cloudy. It can make the grace that God has given to you a bit cloudy just a little bit. The grace, the sacrifice. When you have an ungrateful heart, you'll never see the true face of God. It'll always be just crowded around your issues and what you want and what you're waiting for. But once you thank him for what he's done, once you thank him and you're grateful for what he's done for you, it begins to change some things in your heart. It begins to change some things in your mind. We got to stay grateful. Every day you should thank God for what he did for you. Every moment when you wake up and your first breath before you go on Instagram, before you brush your teeth with your nasty stank breath on the side of your bed, you should wake up and say, Lord, you woke me up today with a purpose, with power. Lord, you called me for right now. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying the price. I live today in grace, not by the law, not by the law, but in grace. You did for me. Thank you. Someone asked me, why did everyone cry in church? Because they got saved. They were headed towards hell and destruction and loneliness. They were almost done by sin, but Jesus came and rescued us. That's what he did. We were in the fire and he snatched us out. So I'm always grateful. I'm always crying. I'm always crying. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. You ever received a gift so good and it led you to tears? Man, no one will ever give you a better gift than dying for you. No one will ever give you a better gift than paying the price you couldn't pay. Stay grateful. He reminds us to stay grateful. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26. Some of you guys wonder, why do, why do they pass the bread in church and pass the little sippy cups? It's the best thing to do when you're hungry in the mornings, right, in church? Like, send me some more, man, come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Throw like five breads. No lie, I was five years old once. God forgive me. Snuck into the usher's room. Me and my boys, we dogged it. I mean, we dogged the bread. And, okay, you guys aren't here. <laughs> I already prayed. Jesus shows us why we do that. It's not some weird hocus pocus ritual, right? This isn't a cult. Jesus is sending a message when he tells us to do this. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he, he was betrayed, he took bread. Next verse. And when he had given thanks, this is what he said. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples. He said, listen, take and eat. This is my body that was broken for you. Keep this verse up. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, as I break the bread and I give it to you, that's my body being broken for you. 
as you chew and you eat of the bread, that is my body being crushed for you, right? That's what Jesus did. He got whipped. He was beaten. He was spit on. They put on a crown of thorns. I mean, they put holes in his hands. They put holes in his feet. And the whole way, he was thinking about you. He was thinking about you. He had your name on his mind. And what pushed him towards it was you. That's what he did for you. He loves you to death. And he says, listen, I want you to eat bread as often as you can. And remember me. Remember what I did for you as you have this huge list of prayer requests. How about you have a one big praise report of what I've already done in your life? It's not all about consuming. It's not all about what can you give me, pastor? What can you give me, worship team? How about we turn it around? Jesus, thank you for what you've given me. We can't worship with ungratefulness in our hearts. We need to worship with gratefulness, right? When you're grateful for what God's done in your life, man, your hands are up. And you're giving everything to God. You got to remember what Jesus did for you. He says, listen, take this bread and do it in remembrance of me. This represents my body. Verse 25. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. He says, listen, this cup, we just talked about the new covenant. This is the new covenant in my blood. The old ways, your sins were covered. By the death of an innocent animal, but I'm the ultimate sacrifice. And my blood covers you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he says this, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He says, listen, do this in remembrance of me. Listen, ungratefulness will cloud your image of Jesus ungratefulness will cloud of what cloud the image of what he did for you ungratefulness will, will fog up the grace of God in your life listen make it a habit to be grateful make it a habit to say God I have breath I have a mouth come on I have I have life come on in this very moment right now can you begin to just thank God for what he did to you almost knocked down my laptop can you begin to thank God for what he did to you come on don't look at me can you just raise your hands right there can you thank God for being crushed for you come on anybody grateful in this house tonight can we lift up come on a shout of praise if we're grateful for God God thank you I will remember what you did every day of my life I will not go a day without remembering what you did for me you were broken for me you were crushed for me innocent blood was shed for me because I was supposed to die I was supposed to be in sin I was supposed to be shameful and guilty but God you took it all come on Jesus I love you I thank you Lord because you took my place you took it gratefulness we got to stay grateful we got to stay grateful we got to remember we got to listen stay grateful and don't forget to remember stay grateful Gratefulness will turn your situation around. Some of you guys are asking for a blessing when you just need gratefulness. Some of you guys are asking for a miracle when you just got to remember what God already did. I remember I was in college one day, and I was starving. I'm listening to the lecture, and I'm thinking about Chipotle. I, I was broke, so I couldn't get it, but I was thinking about it. And I was like, if I go in there and ask for two free wraps, would they give it to me? No, Y'all never been broke before? My bad. Can I get two free wraps and one free sour cream, please? <laughs> and a water cup. <laughs> I was so hungry in class. And I remembered my mom had a meal for me at home. Ooh, white rice, beans, chicken, 
Those donuts and avocado on the side. Come on, somebody. Anybody got a Puerto Rican mom that know how to throw down? Come on, somebody. See, in my house, I got a Dominican dad and a Puerto Rican mom. So one day I'm eating mango, the next day I'm eating just the best pork chop of your life. I remember being depressed and hungry to all of a sudden remembering and being excited and being happy and being thankful. I can't wait to get home. Oh, you ever had like the worst day ever, the worst day ever, and you remembered you were going to see your friends later on today? Like, oh, I'm hanging out tonight. Let's go. You got work folding clothes like, what's up? What's up? We out. We out. It's lit, right? You remember? Isn't it funny how you can be in the same situation as someone else, but what separates you is that you remember. Isn't it funny that you can be in a terrible moment in life, but once you remember what Jesus did for you, a blessing is awesome, but remember what he did. It could change your spirit. It could change your mood. It could change your mindset. It could change your perspective. And don't forget to remember. When you feel like giving up on church, don't forget to remember. When you feel like not coming on a Friday, don't forget to remember. When you feel like disconnecting away from the things of God, when you feel like jumping into a life of sin, when you feel like moving away, the Holy Spirit's inside of you. He's leading you. He's leading you left and right, where to go. When you try to move away from that, remember what Jesus did for you. Because if he died for me, I'm going to live for him. This life, you'll only live 100 years. 80, 50, 90. I don't know, how, I don't know what your time clock is. Bible says your life is like a mist, here for a second, out the next, right? Is, is, is it me or like I'm 22 right now? I went from zero to 22 like this. Anybody else feel like that? Like you just grew up out of nowhere? Like I'm still a kid. I still want to go on bouncy houses. I still want to eat cotton candy so my stomach hurts. Life is so fast, but a fast life leads to eternity. That's what's next. Man, my life is worth giving it to God. It's only here for a moment. It's only here for a moment. Man, stay grateful and don't forget to remember. Remember what God has spoke to you. Do you remember the first time God spoke to you? Like the first time you, were, that you felt God for the first You guys remember that moment? When you feel like walking away from the things of the Lord, remember that moment that God spoke to you. It'll change some things. Remember. Remember. You see, God love, Jesus loves you to death, but what he did can be foggy. It can be cloudy. You can not appreciate it if you have an ungrateful heart. But what keeps you close to the foot of Jesus is remembering what he did and staying grateful. Number one, you got to stay grateful. Number two, you got to stay faithful. Somebody say, stay faithful. In the same book, Hebrews, later on in, 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 the, in the verses, I love, I love this idea that's being painted. It says in in Hebrews chapter 10, I think it's verse 23, just verse 23. Go ahead and throw it up. It says, let us hold. What's the next word? Can we say it together? One, two, three. Say it with your chest. One, two, three. So he's saying, let us hold unswervingly. You ever seen somebody swerving on the road? Have you ever seen that person? That person's you. <laughs> Stop texting and driving. God has been protecting you too long. Comes a point when you're, you're, you're oh God, help my car. And it's just be help my life. I need to get off my phone. You ever seen somebody swerve? 
the writer is saying, listen, hold this faith unswervingly. In other words, don't, don't, don't lean into the left too much. Don't stray away too much. Swerving Christians, the enemy begins to paint you a picture that this Christianity thing is just a phase. It's just a moment. You'll only be here for a month or two. You'll end up back. That's a lie from the enemy. He wants you to swerve. He wants you to go in and out of the church and back into your old sins. Listen, you are a new creation. It's time to believe it. It's time to walk in it. I was once a slave, but now I'm free. I was once bonded, but now those chains are broken. I'm a child of God. So you got to hold this faith unswervingly. You got to hold the wheel unswervingly to the hope that we professed. For he who promised is faithful. Man, you got to stay on the wheel. You got to hold on. You got to stay faithful. You got to keep, you can't swerve. You got to stay faithful. You got to stay faithful. Not, not only is swerving dangerous for you, but it's dangerous for all those around you. Y'all here tonight? Not only is swerving dangerous for the driver, but it's dangerous for those in the car, for your family, for your friends, for your environment. When you begin to swerve, people are at risk of dying. Listen, you may be the only Jesus people will ever see. You may be the only Bible people will ever read. You may be the only spirit people will ever feel. And if the church is swerving, how can people get saved? If the church is swerving in and out of the gospel, in and out of the club, in and out of drugs and drinks, no, 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 no. I'm going to stay true to my faith I am grateful for what Jesus did for me I'm gonna stay the course I was driving the other day my brother was going to play basketball and I'm driving you ever had a moment where you see someone on the road and you just have the best time talking to them no all right awesome I saw a friend from high school on the road with us my brother pull up and um see him across and he's like and we look we're like oh okay we don't have to fight yo what's up bro he's like yo we're like yo lights red we got like a minute left he's like yo i miss you guys man i love you guys and i was like the the dude we're talking about he he literally man his story he has a crazy story um it's, it's he's he didn't grow up in church he didn't grow up in ministry he didn't grow up loving jesus um he really he's been the devil's been attacking him and led him into drugs, led him into a life away from Jesus, right? And I'm seeing this dude. He's like, I love you. And I'm like, woo, he loves me. I love you too, bro. What's up? What's up, boy? Love you, man. He's like, hey, man, dude, I got to go to your church. I was like, my heart dropped because I know what life he lived. I, I know it. I know it. And I, and I prayed for him once. And I was like, come through, boy. You know what I'm saying? My brother's like, yo, he goes to church. I was like, he never been. Come on, boy. Come through. He's like, dude, I hit you up on Instagram or DM you, whatever. I want to go, man. I got, I, got, I got this hole in my heart. I'm at this job right now. On the red light, y'all. I'm at this job right now. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. But, you know, I, I know this is in between because I'm not, I don't feel like my purpose. And I'm like, boy, he's going to join next steps. He's going to get saved. His purpose. I'm predicting all that. I'm looking at him. And he's like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. And you know what's funny is that he probably would have never told me he, he wanted to come to my church if I was a swerving Christian. Listen, most of the people that are going to get saved in your life, they're watching you. They're watching you. How long are you going to be a Christian? How long are you going to be in this Jesus thing? Is this a phase? Are you only in it for the hype? Are you only in it because Hillsong won a Grammy? Or are you in it because you love Jesus? Are you in it and you're staying to it? And if you stick to it long enough, if you stay grateful, if you stay the course, people will be saved. But 
is when you're swerving that people feel the danger around you. Whoa, 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 I sense a hypocrite. I sense someone who's in for a moment and out for the second. Listen, preaching the gospel with a tweet, with your mouth, with Instagram, that's awesome. But the biggest message you could ever send people is the gospel that lives inside of you. Stay in the course. You got to stay grateful. You got to stay faithful. And number three, you got to stay in the spirit. You got to stay in the spirit. See, God, God looks at earth. He sees all the sin, right? It started with Adam and Eve, and it led to a whole world of sin and destruction. And he's disgusted because people that he created in his image are listening to the enemy, right? They're walking their own ways. They're living by their flesh. And what he created was once a body and a spirit. And, and a yearning for his spirit and his presence is now going to the things of the enemy that he's presenting to them. So he's looking at a world and he gives them the law. Here's these laws you got to live by that you'll never amount up to. And I'm just giving you this law to show you that you can't do it, you can't complete it, just so that when I send my son, he will fulfill the law. That once you were living by 10 commandments and, and now Jesus completes it. And Jesus says, we preached the last week, the fulfillment of the law. They asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment? He said, listen, here's all the law summed up. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus simplifies this whole thing. So God looks at the earth. He sends Jesus. But the thing with Jesus is that he, he's only, he, yes, he's God, but he's man. So, so he's God wrapped in flesh, 100% God, 100% man, living and walking. Jesus never sinned. Read your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. He never sinned. He never failed. He was innocent. It needed to be innocent, perfect blood that was shed for you eternally. That's what Jesus came to fulfill. Now, the thing is, imagine Jesus, like, standing, literally moments in the Bible, Jesus standing in front of thousands, and he's preaching, and he's teaching. And a lot of us say, man, I want to be, I, I want to be back in those days. I want to see Jesus. I want to hear Jesus. I want to touch him, right? The thing is, there's literally a story that so many people were gathered around Jesus. He was at a house that some people wanted to get their friends healed, right? They brought the dude to the roof. They tore a hole through the roof because the room was just so packed with so many people. They broke a hole in the roof and they lowered their friend in so that Jesus can heal him. And, and I can imagine Jesus saying, man, I can only be at one city at a time. I can only be at one house at a time. I'm going to send my spirit. So for those who just confess and believe in me, my spirit will enter them immediately. Anybody believe in Jesus in this room tonight? Listen, if you believe in Jesus, if you made that sinner's prayer, come on, if you haven't made it, we're praying you make it tonight. If you made that prayer, if you believe in Jesus, automatically the spirit sent into you. like that? Sound effects automatically the spirit is sent into your heart and lives inside of you we said this last summer i'm gonna say it again tonight the spirit inside of me is much better than the jesus beside me because the spirit will never leave me i go to bed the spirit is resting in me i wake up the spirit reminds me let me give you some attributes of the spirit let me give you a lot of verses romans 8 14 for all who are led by the spirit of god are sons of god in other words just believing jesus that's amazing but you gotta allow the spirit to lead you to guide you. That's the completion of Jesus. Jesus tells his disciples, listen, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you something. I'm dying, and I will resurrect on the third day. I'm going to do what you couldn't, but now I need to leave so that my spirit can cover the earth, can cover those who believe and lead you. 
And the Bible says things like, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, you are now labeled a son and daughter of God. We have to be led by the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Pastor, how do I, how do I break this addiction? How do, I, how do I go over the flesh? Listen, you have to walk in the Spirit. You have to choose to walk in the Spirit. He's inside of you. He's speaking. He's guiding you to all truth, knowledge, and wisdom. He's guiding you to everything. What's a sin? What's not a sin? What environment can I be in? What environment can I not be in? What friends should I get? What friends should I not get? What job should I get? Pastor, I need direction. Pastor, I need you to pray for me on what, what college to go to. Listen, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. You need to activate the spirit that is inside of you. Stop going back to the old ways of religion where people only got to conversation with God through a priest. God said enough of that. Enough of one man being in between me and you. If you just confess that I'm Lord, I'm sending you my spirit. Spitting a lot. Sorry, first row. You felt it. I'm sorry. I prayed for the anointing. I'm sending you my spirit. Walk in my spirit, and you will not gratify the flesh. Walk in it. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Pastor, I don't know how to talk to my friends about homosexuality. I don't know how to talk to them about drugs. I really don't even know what's going on. I don't know what's sin. Listen, let the Spirit lead you to all truth, right? Let the Spirit lead you to all truth. Open your Bible. Activate the Spirit that is living inside of you. Don't silence Him anymore. We treat the Holy Spirit like our cell phones. When He's calling at the wrong time, we're silent. He's calling at the wrong time. He's calling. He's like, hey, don't do this. Don't do this. This is only going to push you away further from God. And we silence Him. No, 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 activate the spirit of God that's in you. Come on, seek after that voice, the still quiet voice that's inside of you. He will guide you into all truth. Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Galatians 5.18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. In other words, if you just take Jesus and you abandon the spirit, you are still under the law. Because Jesus promises the spirit. Jesus says, listen, I'm... I, I, I did what I did for you, but now you have to walk in the spirit that I'm sending you. I love this next verse. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. He helps us in our weakness. Pastor, I need you. I, I want to call you every time I'm in my weakness. I'm going to call you whenever I'm getting weak. I'm going to call you. Listen, listen. The Holy Spirit helps you in that weakness. The Holy Spirit guides you in that weakness. When you're alone in your room, you're not alone. I'll never be alone. I will never be alone. You're with me and you're in me. You're resting in me. And you're helping me in my weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. If you don't know how to pray, invite the Holy Spirit to teach you how to pray. If you don't know how to worship, I don't know how to do it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you how to worship. You don't know how, how to handle people, how to show love. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to all truth and knowledge. I love this. For we do not know, how to not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. We're groaning too deep for words. What does that mean? That, that There's two types of tongues, right? You have the personal tongues with God, and then you have a certain type of spirit tongues that is, they're just so deep. It's like a spiritual groan, and it's interceding for you, right? The Holy Spirit, he's literally interceding for you for the Father. He's talking to the Father. Look at your son on a Friday night worshiping and giving everything he has and giving up his time and giving up his energy, and he begins to, through you, just give you these groanings that are too deep for words, and he's interceding for you to the Father. He's interceding for you. As you 
seek God and as you seek the things of the Lord and as you stay faithful and as you stay grateful, the Holy Spirit begins to activate inside of you and he's bringing out a prayer of intercession. In your moments of weakness, those will begin to be your strengths. In your moments of just backing out, the Holy Spirit is pushing you up. He's guiding you. He's giving you exactly what you need. Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. You can't get the equation wrong. You don't just get Jesus and not get the spirit. Jesus existed to die for you, to substitute you, to forgive you forever, so that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin and your dirt and, your, and everything you've done wrong, but what he sees is the blood of Jesus over you, and he sees that you have been covered by Jesus. But now it is complete when we understand that Jesus sent his Holy Spirit and is living inside of us. And my favorite verse, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. How many guys love Boston Creams? Raise your hand if you love Boston Creams. A lot more than last service, all right? Raise your hand if you love uh, jelly donuts, jelly donuts, right? So if you don't know how these donuts look, so you have the, the donuts with the holes in them, and then you have donuts that are closed. And for me, it's always a surprise what's inside of it, right? I'm like, oh, what's inside of this one? <laughs> Chocolate pudding, vanilla pudding. Some of you guys are getting hungry. And, and, and you, what, how do you know which donut's which? When you press it. When you squeeze it. When you break it. When you open it up. That's how you see what's inside of you. Listen, God allows tests and trials. God allows problems and situations. He, theology, he doesn't create them. He allows them. He allows them. Why? Because if the Spirit is inside of you, it will bring some fruit. Let's see these fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Pastor, I need to learn how to love more. Let the Spirit grow inside of you. Let the seeds of the Spirit build in you some fruits of love. Come on. The Spirit of, he brings fruit of love. He brings joy. He brings peace. He brings patience. He brings kindness. He brings goodness. He brings faithfulness. He brings gentleness. He brings self-control. Against such things, there is no law. A lot of you guys have been trying to get the fruit without looking at the root. Trying to, I got this Jesus thing right, but I, I'm not loving people. Let the Holy Spirit be rooted in you because these are the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit's awesome, but it starts with the root. It starts with the seed. It starts with the Spirit. Stay grateful. Stay faithful. And stay in the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God come alive in you. If you confess Jesus as a personal Savior, immediately the spirit enters inside of you. You got to build it up. You got to build up an ear for it. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. And your ears shall heal a word behind you. So, so some of you guys are like, man, I never heard God before. I, God is not so much audible. I know people that, that have heard the audible voice of God, right? Like I hear him audibly like snap, snap, snap. I hear him, right? But the Holy Spirit in my life and in many of our lives, he speaks to us internally. It's a still quiet voice. And the Bible highlights this. He says, listen, and, and you'll hear a word behind you, right? So it's not really in your face. It's not really in your ears, but it's like almost like behind you. Like it's in the background. And he's speaking to you and he's speaking to you. And this is what he says. He says, listen, this is the way. So walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Here's why I love this verse. Because this trumps 
the idea that God leads you by seasons. That God says, listen, in 2018, go this way. In 2019, go that way. In the summer, go this way. In December, go that way. Jesus doesn't lead you seasonally. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead you annually. The Holy Spirit leads you every single moment every single step the holy spirit is there with you step by step when you turn to the left he says don't do it when he turns to the right he says keep going every moment and every day that you're breathing that you're walking you need to build up an ear for the spirit i know we like the songs of, the, of today we love the movies of today that's awesome i know we love the friends that talk about whatever god knows what those things are cool those things are awesome but what i need in my ear the most what i need feeding into my soul the most what I need leading me every single moment of my life isn't TV is not social media is not music it is the very living breathing spirit of God because he's speaking anyway he's speaking anyways as if you're listening or not he's already speaking don't go into that car don't go into that area stop walking back to that lifestyle he's already guiding you are you listening it's by the Spirit that we're led. It's by the Spirit that we're led. We sing songs like, Oh, you reign in my soul. Worship team, come up. Oh, you reign in my soul. That's a declaration. And we're going to sing that tonight. That's a declaration. I know they look pretty, but eyes up here. Oh, no, no. Bring it back. The Spirit's leading you. Oh, you reign in my soul. Isn't that a great prayer? Isn't that a great declaration? You're not just in my soul for a moment. You reign in my soul. You reign in my soul. You're the Lord of my heart and of my mind and of my soul. You reign in me. Let me fan into flame the faith that lives within me. Let me fan into flame the spirit that lives within me. Here's the truth. You can't get the spirit if you don't have Jesus. Jesus says, I love you to death. What I did is in vain if you don't decide to walk in my spirit. Because he came after me. He's the completion.